The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants. I will defy time. And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you missed that and you'd like to catch that, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today. And uh, he'll be live in that little area at 3. So uh, if you want to catch Bradley, 3 o'clock, sonsoflibertymedia.com, top left side of the page. Okay, Right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device you got. And um, then uh, look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. There you can click on that. You can join us in the chat on Rumble. Uh, we are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. 
And then we're also streaming live over on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. We appreciate those guys giving us a space uh, on their platform also. Right up under where we're streaming live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Be sure to do that. You get that uh, once an evening between 7 and 8 usually Eastern. Uh, in your inbox. And uh, that's all the articles we put out, including the morning show archive. So, you know, I know some people will write me after the show and they'll say, hey, where could I get that video? Or where can I see that document? Or where can I look at that article or whatever? All of that's in the morning show archive. So like yesterday, just for the video audience, this is the this is what the yesterday's looks like. It just looks like a regular article. But when you open it up, everything's in there, the videos, the podcast. And oh, by the way, let me speak something to a podcast. Um I add in there two different podcasts. So one that I started with SoundCloud. I don't know if I'm going to continue it or not, but it looks like I might. Be, but that one costs me money to host it every year. Uh, Anchor, uh, Anchor.fm, which is now something, podcast by Spotify or something. I don't know what they changed it to. Anyway, uh, it was supposed to be where they hosted your podcast for free, and then they were supposed to put it out on Spotify for you. Well, they host my podcast, but they've never put my They've never put my podcast on Spotify. So for the past month, I think, I've made three or four attempts through their chat to find out why is this not working. Everybody keeps saying, we don't know why it's not working. And, um, uh, you know, we'll we'll move it on up the line. I never hear from anybody. So last night I just had, I was fed up with it. I sent into a person. I said, if you don't get this straight, I'm just, you know, done with you people. They took an hour and a half, an hour and a half. To, t to tell me they didn't know why I had violated their, whatever, terms of service or whatever, their podcasting things. I can guarantee you it's probably on the shot stuff. But they, they took an hour and a half to tell me they didn't know. I told the lady, I said, I'm done waiting on you. Um, so, yeah, Spotify, same thing as all the rest of them. Uh, you know, they want to go down this, this avenue of cutting you off just because you told the truth about the thing. But, man, it's fine. Uh, what are you going to do? Can't even get any lawyers to lawyer up and uh, and do the right thing against these people. It's it's really ridiculous. It really is. In any case, uh, final thing is, is if you would like to help keep us out there doing what we're doing on the Internet, radio, and among the people, sonsoflibertymedia.com, top of the page there, there's a donate button link. You can click on that and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And uh, we really do appreciate your support very much. Now, I've got a couple of videos here. Uh, I've got some articles we can go through and such, but um, you know, one of the things I, I don't know if you guys sensed it yesterday when when I played that video of that lady, uh, the bystander and the the fish. I, I it almost sounds silly, but the the impact was the teacher coming in and saying, "Look what the world has done to you. That you're willing to trade." If you're willing to do it for a fish, you're probably willing to do it for an unborn baby. If you're willing to do it for an unborn baby, you're probably willing to do it for a baby who's been born. If you're willing to do it for one of them, you're probably willing to stand by and let an adult die slowly in front of you to get a grade, to get your pay from a job, whatever the case is. And I'm just saying this is the nature of man. Man is not basically good. He is basically bad and thus the need or a savior from sin, from his lawlessness. Okay, he is basically he is basically wicked, and so therefore he needs to be driven to the cross that he might be humbled, that he might repent of his sin, and that he might be uplit. You know, as the Lord 
says that he would he would uplift him. He would show grace to the humble, but be opposed to the proud. So with that said, um, I have got several little things. One of them is now you guys on the radio will not be able to uh, see this and you won't be able to hear it because there's no sound to it. It's it's like it's a um, I guess it's a closed circuit T T uh, it keeps starting to play. It's like a closed circuit TV <clears throat> uh, video. And apparently this is a I, I, I'm guessing an adoption agency or something like that. This is good news as far as I'm concerned. But apparently this is an adoption agency. There's a little 11 year old girl. And uh, boy, if you want to see, if you want to see joy, if you want to see excitement, this little girl gets the news that she's just been adopted. And I'll try to narrate for you guys on the radio. If you want to see it, sonsoflibertymedia.com right there. But uh, here, here's that video. Just some, some encouraging, some good news. Here it is. And she's told that she's just been adopted. And the lady's holding her, and she just jumps in her arms. And the lady who uh, has the paperwork here, <laughs> she's just holding on to her. And this little girl just seems so happy. Um hugging this lady uh, who's just given her this news that she's been adopted. And I don't know if the young girl has been in um, a foster home. I don't know if she's been in an orphanage or what, but uh, <laughs> she was very happy. And I tell you, it just uh, it brought joy to my heart to see it because, again, it, it, we cover so much of the bad stuff. I wish I, I used to do a, a, a article, and I've done some of them on um, – Whatchamadoodle, uh, on, on sonsoflibertymedia.com. I've done them called The Good Report. I've done a couple. I haven't had time to really gather stuff. A lot of those sites that I used to get, quote-unquote, good news from, a lot of them are gone now. Uh, and so it's a little more difficult to go when you try to search for some of that. But I, I love good stories that, that build you up, that encourage you in the midst of the darkness. So I think that was a good one. The other one is this one. Now, um, some of you have asked me, and I, I'm not getting into any details uh, due to the talks we have, you know, privately in our own family. But um, one of the things I'm I'm becoming more and more convinced of is the system that we live in is what is enslaving us. It's the system itself. Now we're enslaved by sin. Don't get me wrong, unless we've been freed by Christ. And Christ says, if you're if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. So you can be free in Christ, and yet you can be a slave in the system. And the reason I say that is everything that we do pretty much in this system is tied to lawless money. Every bit of it. Um, there was a thing, and I, I should have brought this up. I had a little thing I posted, on a meme or picture, whatever you want to call it, on Facebook. And it was one of these calculators we can put in. In 1913, I paid a dollar for a product. What would I pay for now in 2023? It was like $33. That's what the that's what the inflation calculator would have calculated. So if that gives you any understanding as to how they're devaluing your money, and it's lawless money in the first place because our Constitution says that only gold and silver coin can be used for payments of debts in the state, nothing else. So the obvious question for anybody who has those little green things in your wallet is, what is this? What is that? 
Is that not counterfeit money under our Constitution? Yeah, I think it is. Oh, but Tim, they wrote a law, the Federal Reserve Act, and so that made it legal tender. And bought. I, okay, so you're undermining the law that says it can only be this to write a new law that says we can make paper money. Do you understand what they're doing? They do this thing with the Second Amendment. They do it with the First Amendment. They do it with the Third. Well, they don't even have to do it with the Third Amendment. They're sneaking into your house through their corporate fascist buddies with your phones and your cameras and your, your computers and everything else, right? They're already doing that. This guy, I think he's hit on something. Now, I'm not one that agrees with the Amish doctrines and a lot of these other things, but I'll tell you what. The guys, I think, understand. There's some of these guys, they understand the trappings when you go into the quote unquote modern world. They understood those trappings. And so, yeah, they they don't have all the little technological gadgets and stuff and some of these other things. But there are people that, although we've read some stories where some of them get oppressed, I'm not saying they don't. The fact of the matter is, is they pretty much live a free lifestyle away from that system. Listen to what this guy has to present, just his thoughts on the Amish versus, you know, kind of what we're in right now. Yeah, but like I've been saying, get away from society, get away from anything like this, get away from anything statist, and basically become more like the Amish, which every day, more and more, I want to just become Amish. <laughs> and this guy looks like he's down in Florida or something like that. And uh, Jeremy Kaufman, who actually is the founder of Library and Odyssey, a uh, great guy. I think he's spoken at Anarchapoco. Uh, he had some interesting uh, comments on the Amish recently. What's the most successful anarchist or libertarian movement in the United States? I don't want to venture a guess. No, what is it? The Amish. Yeah? Yeah. The Amish don't pay Social Security. What, really? Yep. Why not? Because the 200,000 of them got together and said, screw you. We're not wow. doing it. Wow. The Amish don't have to participate in the draft. What? Yeah. They're the only organization, they're the only people exempt wow. from the draft. Wow. Yeah. So when you have, a, you know, there's an aspect of government that's like very much sour grapes in terms of what it wants to control. And by that, I mean, if the, if the government can't control something, it acts like it never wanted to. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> right. And so if you have enough people who are willing to get together and say, no, screw you, like people, people started their own city in Seattle and there was not the government will yep. to go in and control it. Yeah, libertarians could all learn a lot of stuff from the Amish. Like that's pretty incredible, like how they've done that. And, you know, basically people should be doing more and more stuff like the Amish. Did you know, when it comes down to it, the only knowledge that really matters is how to purify water, how to grow your own food, how to cook, how to build, and how to love. Mm. And funnily enough, we're not taught any of it in school. <laughs> yep, that's what the Amish do. <laughs> yeah, well, and that, I, think that's the, I think that's some of the things that we've been talking about is getting back to the simplicity of what life is supposed to be, uh, where we have our time with our family, time in the community, we're building, we're loving, we're growing our own food. See, all of this stuff makes you independent of the state. Now, you're still dependent upon God. You still have to have, uh, you know, the abilities with your hands and feet and 
eyes and everything else to, to build and to grow and all this other stuff, you're still dependent upon him and you're still dependent upon him to send the rain and the sun so that your, your crops grow. You're still dependent upon him to bring you the catch that you get out of the, the, the water or the, the uh, meat that you hunt for, whatever. You're still dependent upon him on that, but you're not dependent upon government for it. You say, well, I'm not dependent upon government for that. Yeah, you are, because you have to understand all of this system that we're in, grocery stores and the whole nine yards, everything is built on lawless money. And as we went over the other week, the unjust weights and measurements, which you can apply to money, is an abomination before the Lord. So there's this idea that some people have, if we don't have government over us and telling us what to do and keeping things in line, then everything's just going to go chaotic. Nonsense. You learn to govern yourselves. And that's what a lot of people have forgotten, how to govern themselves. Okay? This is the last one. This is not a happy one, but uh, this is the last one. This is uh, Albert Borla you know, the CEO from Pfizer. Listen to what this psychopath, I, I don't know. L listen to what this guy has to say. I truly think the best days of Pfizer are ahead of us because COVID was for me like a rehearsal, a prova generale, how you can mobilize an organization and do the impossible possible against a main disease. We are after cancer and many other things. Oh, yeah, they're after a lot of things. That's right. He says, the best days of Pfizer are ahead. The convids was just a rehearsal. We took care of the disease. They didn't take care of anything except killing people and injuring people. This guy, this little punk here with his frog face, telling people that their best days are ahead. And they're going to be going after you who have cancer. They're going to be going after you who have other diseases that their other corporate fascist buddies have been feeding you through their processed foods in many cases. See how it all becomes a big circle? It's a big circle of making money. That's what it is. Big circle of making money. All right. Now, with that said, I, um, <clears throat> I think I missed uh, opening up the particular article I had with the video in it. <laughs> And I don't know what I did with it. Okay, so anyway, while I'm trying to find that, because I've apparently lost it, um, let me bring up this one right here. And this is um, the FDIC. Everybody remember the, the, the initials FDIC? Yeah, you see them whenever you go to the, uh, the bank. They got the little sticker in the wind that says federal, you know, this is this bank is insured by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, blah, 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 FDIC and, you know, all this legal jargon that they give you. And that's sitting in the window. Well, now we're being told the FDIC is planning a bail in with your money. You know how we've seen over in other countries? Well, it looks like they're planning that here in the States. And, you know, we've warned that that's coming. I want you to listen. This is from. November of last year, this is the FDIC uh, Systemic Resolution Advisory Committee. Got all these big names for people who are just you know, manipulating money. That's really what they're doing. 
And I want you to listen to some of the quote unquote challenges that they say are ahead of us. Check this out. Those sorts of things. All right, so slide 16. Um, these are some of the unique challenges that we see um, from a resolution perspective um, when considering uh, large banks and um, would be interested to hear um, from the committee if, if um, these are the right considerations or if there's others that, that we should be focused on. I'll, I'll quickly step through them. Um, you know, here we're distinguishing large bank resolution both from GSIB resolution under Title II, um, but also from the resolution of ordinary uh, community banks. And in a way, they, they combine a lot of the, the toughest challenges of each, plus the burden of high expectations. I think everybody's going to remember the challenges with failing SIFIs um, from the global financial crisis. But um, for uh, large banks, the expectations are probably closer to um, the failure of an ordinary bank that the FDIC tends to handle routinely and, and swiftly. Um, so starting the, the challenges box, the first few here, generally speaking, relate to um, strategic options and the latter get into operational challenges just in carrying out the resolution. Um, but obviously, as touched on already, just from the standpoint of capacity, um, the uh, capital and operational resources that would be needed, there are very few um, institutions that could acquire a large bank. Um, and it'll be especially difficult um, uh, at the time of failure on a, a compressed timeline. Um, there's no minimum loss absorbency requirement for these institutions. Some of them do have long-term debt that could absorb losses, but there's no requirement. And that means that there could be increased uh, costs and um, it could limit the strategic options available to the FDIC, particularly if the depositor class is impaired, um, you know, franchise value might be destroyed. It might make it harder for um, bridge and sale strategies to pass the least cost test. Um, they don't have a debt structure that supports a single point of entry type of resolution that's sometimes contemplated um, for these institutions. Um, but um, without that structure there, that means entry at the IDI, which is, you know, for these institutions, a very complex operating company. If we're using a bridge, that means that over the weekend, it, it'll involve the transfer of thousands of employees and a wide array of you know, services, assets, and contracts to that bridge institution over the weekend. Um, I've, I've noted the challenges with operational continuity in addition to, you know, um, um, some services being outside the, the bank itself. Um, they also just haven't fully addressed the impediments to um, maintaining operational continuity and resolution that some of the larger firms have and to the same degree. Okay. All right. That's a, that's a couple of the things that they're talking about. Now, this, this video here is like three and a half hours long. So there's a lot of information here. And it just dawned on me, I kind of wonder, is the FDIC, maybe somebody would know and they can chime in in the chat, I don't know. Is the FDIC like the Federal Reserve? They're not really part of the federal government. They're independent of it. Um, I, I don't understand how you insure the money. I, I, I just, I don't understand, understand how that works. Again, it sounds to me like it's a three-card Monty shell game going on, you know, on the sidewalk streets of New York. That's what it sounds like to me. And in fact, that's what it is. Um, but in any case, I had this, I, I did have the video up that I'm going to uh, to play for you. One of the things this week that's come out is um, the the January 6th videos, right? I, th I think there's like, I think they said they had like 40,000 hours of, of video. Incredible. And um, I, if I'm not mistaken, there was a congressman who was given this these videos. I forget which the which one of the congressmen. Anyway, uh, these things were then turned over to I guess Tucker Carlson or whatever has some, you know, 
catch there where he's getting this, and now he's getting out front and stuff. And you know, I don't, I don't know what to think about Tucker. I, I played, I, I played that video a long time ago where Tucker's on the side of the street and the guy's asking about nine eleven. He goes, "If you don't believe the official narrative of the of what happened at nine eleven, you're a moron." This is Tucker Carlson, still believes that way. <laughs> and then in here, he, he still holds to certain things, and it's like, what are you doing? But Again, he's part of that Mockingbird Media. Uh, gives some good information sometimes, not denying that. He does, and this is one of them. And uh, this is a report that came out. This has been talked about quite a bit. If you haven't seen it, because look, some of you are like I am. You don't have television piped into your house, so you don't see it. Or some of you have seen it because you see the clips or whatever. This is Tucker's report on some of these videos coming out. And I find it very interesting because some of these images, I remember when it happened. I, in fact, that's what I was saying. I don't see this insurrection that was going. Was there a big crowd? Was it tight? Was it elbow to elbow? Yep. Were people upset? Were people yelling and shouting and stuff? Yep. Were there bullhorns out there? Yes. And you remember we saw the guys who were breaking the windows and doors to get in. Uh, we saw the um, uh, what was termed as the Antifa guys getting instruction from a lady outside the window had been broke and they were in offices and they were tearing up stuff in the offices. We saw that. But we also saw all the people who walked through as the cops stood by and welcomed them into the Capitol and they looked around and they, some of them were picking up stuff that had been knocked over and setting things right. They weren't destroying property. And then we saw the guy this shaman guy with the bison hat and uh, the, all the makeup. That, was, that guy was kind of the poster guy for the whole thing, I guess. You show that, you know what you were talking about, right? And this is what uh, Carlson had in his report. Check this out. These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. Well, we did see some of this. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Let me make one little comment here, and just keep this in mind. Some of these images you've seen before. Some of these things you've seen before where there's the peaceful walking through. And, all, and Fox had them. Tucker Carlson had them. So when he says, you know, the, the guys in the media are keeping this from you. Well, you know, I, one of the questions I have, Tucker, is why weren't you continually showing all the peaceful stuff that was going on? Why weren't you doing that before? You might have got some new footage you didn't see before about the shaman and stuff like this. But why weren't you seeing this? I know we had the shaman stuff where the police were walking him in. Oh, goodness. I don't know. Right from the first, didn't we have that? Because we had them walking him in. So just keep that in mind. Tucker had 
access to several of these videos showing the peacefulness of the people who came into the Capitol building that day. Just keep that in mind. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. These are not rioters. These are people who wandered over from a political rally. We will not let them silence your voices. After the rally, they walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building. And I'm going to go with you, and psych. Patriotically make your voices heard. Once at the Capitol building, things began to get chaotic. Capitol police officers fired tear gas into the crowd. A few at the front of the herd broke windows. Someone opened the doors, and many hundreds of others just walked in. They're going to make that the story. Of course, they did make it the story. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. I, I'm telling you, when you see that right there, when you see him walk past, uh, how many of, were there? Nine, ten cops there? If they're going to charge that guy and put him in jail, shouldn't they be charging those cops for aiding and abetting him? I mean, if that's what if that's what he was really doing. Yeah, they should be, but they aren't, are they? No capital cops are indicted, are they? In fact, a few of them lost their life. They were suicided, right? Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father, for getting the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would he have shot him? Okay, so, so stop and think about this guy, too. Because the Mockingbird media has done this. This has been on Fox. This has been on other outlets. Remember the Julian Assange bullet in the head stuff? Do you remember that? Yeah. The, the, Bob, what's his name? I don't know. He was a guy on one of those five or uh, whatever that show is they had on Fox. Uh, he was kind of a loudmouth, kind of a rotund fella. And he would say, oh, he needs a bullet in the head. Or you'd hear it from a politician or some or a representative. And same thing here. Same thing here. You've got guys calling for violence against somebody else. Why is why is that? Why was the guy we I don't even know what his name was that was on the screen just now? Why was he not arrested uh, for threats of violence? Hmm? I, I'm just curious. Why is it played on one side that the law wants to move against it wrongly? And uh, instead of justly, why is it that way on one side, but not on the other? Shoot him. Shoot him. It makes you wonder, who are the violent extremists? Here? That's what it makes not you wonder. Jacob Chansley. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. The people sitting in the chairs need to be sitting in a jail cell. Chansley Just is like in a you, jail cell. Lindsey Graham. For months. If he was, in fact, committing such a grave crime... Why didn't the officers who were standing right next to him place him under arrest? Until now, no one could even prove that even happened, but it did. Okay, all right, so there's, there's the gist. Now, again, some of those videos were already out, and I asked Tucker, why didn't you make those front and center in any January 6th reporting you were doing? You had some of these. I've seen them before. Some of them I haven't. And those of you who've really been digging into January 6th and you, you spend a lot of time doing it, maybe you've seen some of these others before. Some of those I haven't seen, but a lot of them I had, where the people were single filing through there and they were looking at the you know, stuff in the Capitol building. There was no insurrection. That's made up. And by the way, the federal government is known to have like a 96% or something like that conviction rate, right, when they go after people. And why is that? I'll tell you the biggest thing. They have the biggest resources of anybody to prosecute anybody they want to. They use their own money against them. If the federal government wants to come after me or you, they will use our money against us and they will get all kinds of attorneys involved and lawyers involved. And they'll say, Tim, you got to go get your own attorney and you're going to have to use your own money for that. We're going to use your money to prosecute you and your, and your neighbor's money. See what I'm talking about, about electing more tyrants to prosecute you. That's, that's what's going on. Okay. That's what's going on. And of course, you know, Donald Trump comes out like he's for the January 6th guys. Now we've seen that, you know, he's, he's using that as a, he's using that as a platform for re-election. That's what he's using it for. You need to open your eyes to what he's doing it for because he hasn't done a thing for them in the entire time they've been sitting in jail. 
hasn't done a thing for them. And again, go back. Bradley's done a great video, really great video. It's about 20 minutes long, I think, um, on the January 6th stuff. And he plays the part that wasn't played in there where Trump said he would go down to the Capitol building with them. And then he was a no-show. And then we got that mysterious tweet that came out and said, everybody needs to go home. It clearly made on a different day or a different time of day or something like that. And he left the people hanging out to dry. Don't you think for a minute he's not part of it? I just, I don't know what people aren't getting. But they aren't. So you can see that video there, sonsoflibertymedia.com, Mockingbird Media, Politicians Desperately Attempt Damage Control Over January 6th Videos. And there's some other ones there in this article by Daisy Luther. Check that out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Now, the, the final one that I'm going to bring up here is, um, is tied to pilots and flight attendants who've recently had cardiac arrests in flight and died suddenly. Now, it's not to say that elements of the Mockingbird media don't pick that up. Let me let me explain what I mean. It's not to say that you might not get a big the big outlet like a Fox or something like that that might blip this story, but they don't stay with it. Okay? It's mostly you'll get a local outlet, a local affiliate of one of the big boys, okay? Who will report on the story. It might get one or two rotations or something like that and then it's off the scene. Okay, and this is stuff that does impact your life. So, William Mackus, Doctor William Mackus, we we had him on. He's retired from uh, Canada, and he's the one keeping score of all the doctors. I think the last I looked, he was at least at 132, and I think with the report that came out, 133 doctors that had died in Canada following taking the COVID shots. So he's been putting together a list of these pilots and flight attendants. And I'd highly recommend that you check out his Substack. Sign up for that because he sends out some great information each day. He really does. These are a few of these. You tell me if you've heard of any of these. Now, some of these are going to have uh, images uh, that they were reported, you know, like in the Telegraph or something like that. But again, it's like a blip. It's not something they stay with. Okay, it's not something they stay with. You think about a, a, a school shooting. You think about some other story sometimes that doesn't even really have anything to do with your life, but it's being pushed on you for a political agenda. Um, and that'll be 24-7 news. My concern is there's enough, there's enough people dying and injured from these COVID shots that you could do 24-7 news on this every day. There's plenty of stories out there as to what's going on. So this is what uh, Dr. Macus had reported. Again, this is at sonsoflibertymedia.com. UK pilot instructor, age 57, died suddenly in flight. Here's a story. A flying instructor died in flight after suffering a cardiac arrest. Hmm, what that? Well, Tim, he could have been eating bad. Well, he could have been. I, I'm not saying he, he couldn't have been. But don't you find this just odd? But his co-pilot thought he was fooling around. According to a newly published safety report on the incident, the pilot thought the instructor was pretending to be asleep as the pair flew a circuit near Blackpool Airport in Lancashire, England, on June the 29th, 2022. Shortly after takeoff, the instructor's head rolled back. The pilot knew the 57-year-old instructor well and thought he was just pretending to take a nap. 
Um, yeah. And the instructor died from acute cardiac failure. He had passed a medical four months earlier. The report found that there was no indication the instructor was unwell. So what do you think happened? I'll leave that to the people. I'm not going to say what happened. You're a smart crowd. You know. Um, <clears throat> here we find an American, American Eagle flight 3556 operated by Envoy Air from Chicago to Columbus returned to O'Hare Airport on November 20th, 2022 after the captain passed out and became incapacitated not long after departure. Data shows the flight was only 10 minutes from takeoff when the situation arose. Captain in training was subsequently declared dead at the hospital. Envoy did not comment on the cause of the medical emergency. The Airline Pilots Association, the union which represents Envoy's pilots, didn't comment. One story reported that the 54-year-old pilot, Patrick Ford, had a COVID-19 booster shot two days prior and was feeling lightheaded and dizzy during takeoff. Hmm. Yeah, the airlines aren't going to comment on that. They're the ones who coerced these guys into taking these shots. Then we've got Icar Airlines. Boeing pilot died in flight across Russia in September of 2022. Pilot died suddenly during a flight between Russia, uh, the Russian cities of Novokuznetsk, I guess I said that right, and St. Petersburg on Sunday, September 18, 2022. Authorities told Ria Novosti that the unnamed pilot in, uh, identified as a flight commander felt sick during the trip. The commander died before medical attention could be given to the pilot. Officials said Iker Airlines is also known as Pegasus Fly. The cause of death of the pilot was not has not been revealed. And uh, then we have this one. CityLink Indonesia flight pilot, 48, that's his age, died after landing the plane. Oh, boy, that was a close call, wasn't it? An Airbus A320 carrying more than 100 passengers had departed from Surabaya's International Airport in East Java province and was headed to Yujung Pandang City in South Sulawesi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing all these words right or not. Forgive me. Province on July the 21st, 2022. The pilot, 48-year-old boy... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just I'm just thinking of mom. Mom gets mad at him but says, "Boy." Anyway, Boy Awalia suffered a health emergency 15 minutes after takeoff was forced to return to the airport before being rushed to a hospital where he later died. The airline said it conducted health checks prior to the flight for all crew on duty and that they were declared fit or airworthy. Mm. Mm. Now this guy we reported on when this happened this happened in August of 2021. We did report on this one. Bimond Bangladesh Airlines pilot, age 44, died in flight after massive heart attack. Keep in mind, the shots rolled out at the end of 2020. Okay? We've been warned by doctors and nurses that, you know, two to three years out, you're going to start seeing the massive effects of what these things are going to do. And indeed, we have been. Um, Captain Nashad Atal Qayyam, a pilot of Bayman Bangladesh Airlines, who suffered a massive heart attack while in command of a Muscat Dhaka flight on August 30th, 2021, died in an Indian hospital. He was 
44. He was carrying 124 people on his flight. Then we have this lady. Air Albania flight attendant, age 24, died suddenly in flight after the plane landed in the UK. Okay, that sounds weird. She died in flight, but after the plane landed. I don't, I don't know. Um, Greta Dermishi, 24, a cabin crew member for Air Albania, was traveling from Tirana, the Albanian capital, to Essex in the UK on December 21st, 2022, when she suddenly fainted after the plane landed. Paramedics provided CPR, but she died. Postmortem found that the 24-year-old had died from sudden adult death syndrome. Now, how do you determine that? I'm just curious. Is there is there a checklist you go down for sudden death sudden adult death syndrome? Is it kind of like SIDS? Because they're they're produced by the same thing. Let's just be honest about it. SADS and SIDS are produced. They are vaccine injuries. That's what they are. Don't let anybody tell you different. That's what they are. And yes, yeah, Spotify, if you want to knock my account off because I'm saying that, go ahead, knock yourself out. But I want you to come back and tell me, what are the checklists that the person who um, who does an autopsy on, who, who has an autopsy done on them, how do you determine they died from sudden adult death syndrome? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Then we've got this one. Gulf Air flight attendant died from heart attack in the flight, November 2022. Air steward Yasser Saleh Al-Yazidi, boy, that's a mouthful to say, fell ill after the seven and a half hour Gulf Air flight took off from Bahrain en route to Paris. Pilots were forced to make an emergency landing just a few hours into the journey in Erbil, Iraq. They had reached 34,000 feet in the air when the crew members suffered the heart attack, the director of Erbil uh, Airport said. And he was pronounced dead on arrival. And then there's this one. This is a final one. This one um, occurred in on March the 3rd of this year. Uh, PYOK reported a Virgin Australia flight from Adelaide to Perth was forced to make an emergency landing after the first officer was taken ill just 30 minutes after departure. The incident occurred on 3rd of March and resulted in the Airbus A320 being forced to return to Adelaide where emergency responders were waiting to transport the sick pilot to the hospital. Very few details about the incident have been have so far been made public, but Australia's Aviation uh, Accident Investigation Bureau, but the Airline has denied an initial account reported by the AV Herald that the first officer became incapacitated after suffering a heart attack. The first officer was taken to the hospital for observation, but was later reported to be okay. A spokesperson for the airline said passengers were accommodated on the next available flight. So so there you have it. Uh, Dr. Mackis has been putting together lists of doctors in Canada who's been dying after they've took, taken the shots. Now he's putting together the this this issue of pilots and flight attendants. Now, this is over the past, what, year or so, a little over a year, that he's been recording. These are just some of them. This is just some of what you're hearing. How many more are going completely out of the news? Anywhere that anybody's reporting on. So why are these things happening? Well, here's the thing. 
Do you remember when Jesus was asked, well, what about those guys, you know, that Pilate did all this and he mingled their blood and all this? And Jesus said, well, unless you repent, you're going to perish likewise. And then they said, well, well, what about the what about that big tower? You know, it, it fell on those people and it killed those people. If you don't repent, you're going to perish likewise. See, sin has been with us since the fall. And sin brings curses and it brings consequences on us. Death is a reality of sin. I mean, it's the reason men die is because of sin. And the day that you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. And so men die as a result of sin. Adam brought death into the world. Guess what? Jesus brings life. The second Adam brings life. But what have we seen God lay out time and time again for his people? This comes from Leviticus 26. He reminds them, sort of like he does in the preface to the Ten Commandments there in Exodus 20. It's almost identical. He says, I'm the Lord your God, which brought you out forth out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their bondman. And I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. See, I'm going to tell you, you stop and think about what were the children of Israel doing? This goes back to my comment at the first about breaking away from the system. When you go back and you look, what were they doing? The children of Israel had been living free. They had been growing in number. They weren't a threat to Egypt, but Egypt perceived them as a threat. And what did they do? They went and enslaved them. And they'd been in bondage for 400 years. They had lost the understanding of how to be free, how to govern self. And this is why you, you saw a lot of the, the murmuring and complaining and everything else that was going on after the Lord delivered them supernaturally from the hand of the Egyptians, the, the, the world's army, if you will, at the time. But here's, what, here's how God continues. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. But if ye will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments. See, God is referencing the fact that they, if you won't govern yourselves. Get that in your mind. When he's saying, if you won't obey my commands, if you won't learn to govern yourselves. And you break the covenant that I have with you. Then this is what he says. I also will do this unto you. If you won't govern yourselves, I'm going to govern you. And I'm going to govern you in a way you're not going to like. I'm going to use wicked men to do it in many cases. And he says this, I will even appoint over you terror. It's funny how we hear that word and use that word a lot, right? Terror, terrorism, terrorist, all this stuff, right? I will appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning ague that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. Remember what I told you about China picking over the best of our produce and getting that first before we get anything out of it? Mm -hmm. The consumption, the burning ague, the sicknesses that come and abound. That's what God will send. And I'll set my face upon against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. 
They that hate you shall reign over you. Boy, are we seeing that today or not? Seriously. We have sodomites in positions of representation in government. We have sodomites in the schools teaching. We have pedophiles in government. We've got Muslims and Jews and Roman Catholics and all of these other antichrist ideologies sitting in positions of authority in America. Are you getting the point? And why? We don't want to govern ourselves. We talk big about it. We really do. But if we watch the pattern of our life, we want somebody else to govern us. We want people to tell us what to do. We'll say we don't, but in the end we do. And you'll see it when the least little problem comes, well, government ought to be doing this. Well, government ought to be doing that. And that's the response. But this is what he says. I'll set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. And if ye will not, uh, not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. And oh, this one, to me, is even more frightening. I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass. Yeah, your prayers aren't getting anywhere. You're not going to be delivered from what I'm doing because you won't repent. You won't repent. I hear a lot of people say, God bless America. I hear a lot of people say, I love Jesus. I hear a lot of that stuff. I hear a lot of people quote Sect Chronicles. I hear a lot of people quote other Bible verses. And they're submitting to tyranny. But they, they think they're free. Friends, there's only one that sets you free. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has commanded us, that's you and me, to turn from our sin and to follow after him. He is Lord. It's not a matter of you making him Lord. He is Lord. And you are to bow the knee to him and to obey him. You want to see the blessings return again to America? Seriously, you want to see them? We're going to have to get out from out from under the system, be self-governed, and live unto God for His glory. Hope you guys have a great day. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. We'll be back with you in the morning, 8 a.m., bright and early with Kate Shimrani. Talk to you then. See you.